the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Oral Sessions. Wow, we are deep into these pregnancy episodes. We're just making it happen. I'm making babies. We're making content. We're doing it all. And joining me today on this very special edition of Oral Sessions, I have none other than Jesse and Cassie, of course, formerly known as the Iconics in WWE. Um, just a great conversation with these women. Talk about what, um, gosh, what they've just been going through. I mean, this very unexpected release from WWE, uh, what life on the other side of WWE looks for. Uh, for them, I mean, it's just, it's all those ups and downs. It's like this emotional roller coaster that you go through. And we all know just how immensely talented both of these two women are and what they bring to the table. So personally, I am psyched for what they're going to bring to the table and for what the future is going to look like for them. I feel like things are wide open. They're so entertaining. They're so, they're great. Who doesn't love these two women? But we do get into a conversation talking about what it's like being from another country and still trying to maintain working in the United States, because that is a little hiccup that a lot of people don't really understand sometimes. So we get into that, talk about what other things that they might want to do outside of wrestling, inside of wrestling, the ins and outs. It's awesome. Um, So this is our Jesse and Cassie week here on Oral Session. So let's get into it. Here they are. iconics right i know you can't i'm sorry what are we gonna do about this what's the new name gonna be have you guys been pondering new i new names yes we have been pondering but have we settled on something no is there like um like one of those little like brainstorming things that you're working with with different names popping off of it of what might work pretty much where i mean i feel like cassie and jesse just work so well together so i don't know and i think we want to like move forward with our real names Oh my God. What it, Honestly, like I felt relieved when I could go back to my real name. I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I'm me again. I don't feel beholden to who Renee Young was. I mean, Renee Young gave me a great platform. She was a great time, but now we get to move on in this other direction. It's really cool. Yeah. It's very different. It feels weird that like BK is kind of like gone. It's, it's very strange. Do you feel like sad to say bye to Billy Kay? Very sad. Yeah, she was, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to get like emotional. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, shit, you guys spent so much time doing that and building this equity in yourselves and in these characters. Like, of course it's emotional. I really had to like grieve her. Like she's always a part of me, but like she's no longer out there. Like she's gone. So it's tough, man. It's very tough. Do you feel the same way, Cass? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, like, and it's funny, if I were to name myself now, I would name myself Peyton. I love the name Peyton. So, um, and then like, so Jess's birthday is coming up next month and I'm, I've been thinking about what I might get her. And I was thinking back to last year and I got- A trademark her- perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> last year I got her, um, I got her and myself name necklaces and her said Big Bill for Billy and mine said Payroll. And I looked at it, I saw it this morning and I was like, oh, it's such a nice necklace, but like, why am I going to wear it? And it cost me 
cost me a pretty penny too. Oh, my leg. I did the exact same thing. I saw my necklace, my big bill necklace, and I was like, I don't know. It is a very interesting, like, uh, you know, Jess, you saying it being like a grieving process. It does feel like that. I mean, I feel the same way. I still get moments like that. And I've been gone for, you know, seven, eight months at this point, something like that. And you get those moments of like, you just feel like you're like left out of things and you're away from your friends. Like, I like aside from like my husband, who else am I really hanging out with? You know, like I hung out with people at work. So to now be away from that is like, it's such a weird, it's a mind fuck. It's exactly the same for us. Like after it happened, I was having all these feelings that I had never had before. And, and my emotions were up and down and I was like, what's going on? And I got out my phone. I literally Googled, can you grieve the loss of a job? And I was looking at like, the seven steps of grieving a job and just like all that. Cause I was like, I need to figure out what's happening right now. So I can kind of push through and kind of move on with my life. Um, but that was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I really am grieving right now. And I have to give myself that time to fully do that because I was like, I was so like stubborn, like, okay, I'm going to give myself two days, two days to sit on the couch. And then, and then I'm going to be back on top of the world and then it turned into a week and then it turned into two weeks and then it turned into a month and I was like okay stop putting a time on it you're going to be fine when you feel better you can't just like there's no time to go through this properly you just have to go through it was there any like steps or like suggestions on ways to deal with something like this a lot of it is I kind of already do it like meditation journaling is something that I've done reading because I stopped reading and meditating and that really helped. And then also like, just, I was in the house. I didn't leave my house for like three weeks. I was just doing nothing. So just getting out of the house, going for a walk with my puppy um, and, and talking to my friends and family, because after it happened, I called Cass and I was like, I can't talk to anyone. Like my friends and family are calling me and I'm not answering on purpose because I just, I felt I was ashamed. I felt like I'd let everyone down. Everyone sacrificed so much for me to get here. And, and it was just over. It took me a long time to kind of talk to everyone. She was, Cass was the only one. And, and I hate to say, it, but I'm so glad we got released together because like, I mean, our journey has been like together this whole time. But if one of us hadn't had gotten released and one of us hadn't, like that would have been a completely different even 10 times worse. So I'm so glad that we can go through this together and really su- like support each other through this time. Cassie, how have you been holding up? I have my days. The first, I want to say three weeks was so rough, but these last couple of weeks, I've really just been focusing on trying to like schedule my days. I've got nothing to do. I've got no job. I've got nowhere to be. Who has anything <laughs> to do these days? But- <laughs> I feel like if I at least structure my days to have a plan, just take it day by day. Um, So I feel good overall, but I do have those days, um, like last week, I cried myself to sleep one day and it just hits me out of nowhere and just these emotions. And now we're getting closer and closer to the end of the 90 days. And I can just feel those emotions like intensifying again when I finally feel like I've kind of had a grasp of them. So I'm a bit nervous for the next six weeks or however long it is, but um, it's been rough. And like Jess said, I was, I was embarrassed. And it shouldn't, shouldn't be like that. We didn't do anything wrong. No, it was fucking shocking that this happened. Not to be, I need to stop swearing, but it was fucking shocking. You know, for my situation of, of walking away and I, I left after SummerSlam of last year 
And I was in Jacksonville with John. We were down there. They had a pay-per-view or something. I spent like a week or something out in Florida with John. And he was like, just take this time and relax. And I was like looking forward to it. But as soon as I actually left and was done, I was a crazy person. I couldn't like, I'm like calling my agent. I'm calling, like I'm trying to like pitch show ideas. Like I'm coming up with stuff. And John's like, pump the brakes. Like it's really hard to adjust to that sort of pace that we've had in that work ethic that one needs to have in order to succeed in WWE and then trying to figure out what those next steps are. It's just so confusing and so many thoughts kind of come and go in your brain and it's, it's overwhelming. That's a really good point. And I actually didn't think of that. We're so used to this like incredibly fast pace that we live at and that we adapt at. Um, and to go from that to like nothing, maybe that's as well why I just needed a schedule for my day because we're just so used to go, go, go. And then being forced to stop. It's like, well, now I feel like I'm just being content with my life, which I'm not, but I feel like I have to be. And, and like you said, it's like, okay, what can we do? That's why Jess and I were like, let's do a podcast. And then we've, had, had, all these <laughs> we've had all these ideas for such a long time. And now it's like, okay, let's do them all, but we can't. Yeah. You like almost turn into like Tasmanian devil of like wanting to like throw everything against the wall. And you're like, I, I'm going to like, it's also like a feeling of wanting to like prove everyone else wrong as well too, of like, how dare you like put me in this spot or whatever. Like I have a lot to offer that you want to just like make your platform as big as and like impactful as you possibly, possibly can. Wow. Do I speak for a living? Is this thing on? Hello? <laughs> Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Uh, Why do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dum-dum like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, you guys can pick a new team every single game. You can switch it up. You can change your mind. It's all up to you. Ball is in your court. So FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit. Just go to FanDuel.com slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash cowherd. FanDuel, more ways to win. We're going to get into like all of the good happy stuff uh, in a moment because it's not all doom and gloom. And I, I really truly am such a believer of like things happen the way that they are supposed to happen. You guys are so immensely talented, have such a passionate fan base. Like I can't imagine two other women that have been able to, or not even just women, two other performers that have been able to connect with their fan base the way that you guys have. And like I said, it was like, it was so shocking when this all kind of went down that it's all going to be fine, but it's going through this bullshit at first to kind of, you know, come out on the other side and figure out what's, what's going to make the most sense. So what happened when this, when like you get these phone calls, how did the phone calls go down? I think I was the first one that got called just because my tweet was the first one to kind of hit, 
hit Twitter, hit the world, as they say. Um, so I was literally just having lunch. I was about to go get a spray tan because it was Thursday. So I spray tan for Friday night back down. And uh, I see my phone ringing and I answer. And I didn't think what was going to happen was going to happen. I, I was like, schedules changed. They need me to do something. I just thought it was like work related. Um, and then when they said, we're going to release you from your contract. I was like holding the phone and, and I couldn't say anything. Cause I was like, what? Oh, what? And I, and I said, I was just like speechless. And I said, this is a lot. And, and then, you know, the phone call wrapped up and it ended and I was like frozen and I walk out and my husband was on the back patio with our puppy and uh, I walk out and we joke a lot. And you know how there's always like fake wrestling news and all that kind of stuff. So I just said, babe, I'm not, I'm not joking. I, I just got released. And his face dropped. And seeing that made my heart break even more. And we honestly just spent the next two hours crying together out on the patio. It was like 4.30 when it happened. So I rang my family at about 5. I spoke to all of them and they are just so loving and supporting. So that really helped. Um, but it was just, a sh- it was such a shock. I wasn't expecting it at, at all. And then my husband went and got me donuts. So that was nice. So I was in the middle of a, a massage in my bedroom. Great timing, doesn't get better. And so Ronnie, uh, the run dogs, Sean Spears, whatever you want to call him, the husband walks in or he knocks on the door, he walks in, he says, I think you should look at your phone. So I looked at my phone and I saw a text from Jess saying I just got released. Um, and I also had a missed call from work and a text saying, call me. So I was like, well, I'm done. Um, so I tried to call back and there was no answer. So I um, wrapped up that massage real quick. I said, I have to rebook you, mate. <laughs> um, so so we, uh, Ronnie and I sat on the couch just waiting for the call to come back. And thank gosh he was home because if this was a Wednesday and he was at work and I was by myself, oh boy, I can't even imagine dealing with that just alone in my house. He was reassuring me everything's going to be okay. You're fine. Like it's going to be okay, I promise you. And I just felt this overwhelming sensation of relief, like the world lifted off my shoulders almost. Um, and so then when I finally had the call and it lasted no more than 60 seconds and it was, we're invoking our whatever contractual rights to um, release you. And I was like, okay, I mean, I saw that coming purely from your text and seeing all the tweets, but so it wasn't easy. Like I had, I felt relief and I was like, okay, everything's going to be all right. But then it was like, I spent the next 24 hours crying so I was like like what what did I do like what could I have done god now I'm getting emotional (laughs) um and I just had to realize that it was nothing I did or didn't do because I know in myself and I know Jess we were good employees we were the first ones there at TVs we dressed like professionals and superstars um we were polite we were respectful I know we didn't do anything wrong and we were just victims of budget cuts um, so that's something that I've had to just realize and, and just know is the truth. We didn't do anything wrong. It, it, I think it was just so confusing for everybody. I mean, I, I mean, obviously it's so different being in your guys' shoes, but for me, even just looking at my phone and being like, wait, like the Iconics are gone. Samoa Joe is gone. Like what? It just seems to me like, um, mismanagement of talent 
And, you know, you can kind of look back on how big the roster is and signing everybody in the world, every indie wrestler now all of a sudden falls under this umbrella that you have amazing talent there that doesn't get the proper attention that they deserve in order to succeed in those positions. And, you know, you guys being able to take that, the, t- the TV time that you were given and be impactful with it. You know, Jess, that was something that I said about you about like, even when they split you guys up of, it was just like, what you guys are splitting up the iconics during like the, the brand extensions and, and whatnot. But to be able to take those little moments and actually make something of it, you know, like you, you still were, you were booked on TV, like days before that this all happened. It was just so confusing for everybody. But did you guys feel, um, I guess, or was there a feeling at a certain point that, that things just weren't really going the way that you wanted them to be going on the main roster? It was when they split us. I had a vision for myself um, if I was going to be a singles competitor. Uh, and I just don't think anybody else understood that vision or believed in me. Um, whereas I, I knew deep in myself, I have so much more to offer than I'm, than, than I can just because I'm not booked, <laughs> not on TV. Um, and if I am, it's for 30 seconds or whatever it is. Um, so I kind of realized when, when I just wasn't being used, I don't know. I was kind of like, just push through, just push through. I wasn't happy, but I was like, just push through. Everyone goes through this phase. I guess that was the end of the phase, but my last match was with Asuka. And I just, after the match, um, and it was like three weeks before WrestleMania, I just had this overwhelming feeling that I said to myself, I'll be okay if that was my last match. I know I wasn't happy, but I wasn't considering retiring or something like that. I just had this overwhelming feeling, you'll be okay. You, I'll be happy if this is my last match. I'm okay with it. Jess, did you ever have a feeling like that of like just when things were maybe not going in the direction that you guys deserved the direction to be going in? I mean, the split was rough. I just, I didn't know who I was as a singles competitor. Um, and that was very like confronting. Um, having cast kind of not with me anymore. I, I, I remember like, I was like, oh, I have to walk to the ring and she's not going to be to my left. So don't look to your left or don't hold your hand out because she's not going to be there. You're going to look weird. And then for some reason I was like, okay, um, I have to be, you know, sexy and and I have to, but I just, I was thinking I had to be something that I wasn't. And then I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what I want to do. And then with the draft, like I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to go to SmackDown because I definitely think like we needed to be on separate brands. And I don't think they realized what like the domino effect would be after splitting a tag team up. It's like, especially us too. So when we got to SmackDown, um, you know, and I've, I've mentioned this before, but TJ helped me a lot. Like I would, there was one time I was like, you're my new Cassie because everything that I would vent to Cass, I was just saying to TJ, that's why he's so special. He listened to me. We would talk for hours at TVs. He would listen to me and he would support me. And he was like, if this is what you want to do, do it. And I was like, I just want to be myself. I just want to make people laugh and make people smile. That's all I want to do. You know, I was attracted to wrestling from the promos, from the rock, from the over the top personalities. That's what like drew me into this business. That's what I wanted to do. So when the headshot resume kind of like fell into my first promo, I was like, oh, I want to, I want to keep, there's something here. I want to keep doing this. 
And um, I spoke to, to the writers and luckily they were on board, but I was really able to just like insert myself into all these little bits and I was having so much fun. I really was. And then working with the Riot Squad for like all those weeks on TV, like we would, we were just having the best time. And I'm so thankful for the girls. I was a big fan of edgy Billy Kay. It was great. And the amount of praise that I got backstage after that, I was like, oh, if I'm remembered for anything and it's this, I would be happy, 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 happy. It was just so much fun. And I, and I, I think that's what made it more of a shock. Because I was booked, you know, there were a couple of weeks here and there, but, but I was, and I was able to like work with all the girls, which not many people get to do. And then I, like, I was, you know, doing promos with like E and the Street Profits and it, it was just so much fun for me. I was really enjoying it. And then I'm so grateful that I was able to be at WrestleMania and be in that match because that was my last one, which I think is very special. So I'm just trying to stay positive, but the shock and the and the raw emotion is definitely still there and I think it will be for a while because like you said you're seven eight months out and it and it still hits you from time to time it's it is just like that sense of loss it's like that ghost limb all of a sudden where you're like oh I'm still friends with these people but like I don't see them all the time you have to make a bigger effort to like reach out and like stay in touch with everybody but it has become my life for the past eight nine years something like that so it is weird to kind of step away but on the other side of that now, and um, you know, I'm sure you guys have had at least glimmers of this and little glimpses of it, but that feeling now of like, okay, that sucked, but now everything's wide open. You don't have to worry about creative coming to you with ideas. You don't have to worry about somebody telling you, this is who you are. This is how you behave. This is how you wrestle. Now the world's busted wide open. Are you guys starting to feel that sort of surge of energy of like, shit, now we get to actually be in the driver's seat of what we want to do. Definitely. That was like one of the big things that I was feeling like when I got the phone call, the difficult thing for us is that this is a whole thing, but um, we still don't have like our green cards. Um, So we're not allowed to work until we get those. Or until, you know, we can find some sponsorship anywhere else. So it's like, we're so excited. We have all this freedom and we have so many ideas, but pump the brakes because we can't do any of it. So it's like this podcast that we're doing, like we're not making any money off it or anything like that. It's purely just to like get our name out there and kind of try and stay relevant. It's been tough just knowing we have all these things we want to do, but we can't do it. That's actually something that I was going to talk to you guys about because people don't or, you know, people in America or in the country that they are from, they don't understand how beholden to visas and green cards and all that, that you really are. And that was something that was always looming over my head. So I would always be like, I need my visa. I need my green card. I need to push all this stuff through. And like, I'm a citizen now. I just became one in the past couple months or whatever, but it is like a whole ordeal. You don't even realize. And employers don't even really realize sometimes like what goes into that where you're like, cool, I want to come work for you, but you know, you need to sponsor me for this. And that like word, I think freaks people out. So what, what do you guys have to do? Where are we at with this? We're just in this holding pattern right now. There's literally nothing we can do. It's just waiting. We've been in this process for four years, which is basically unheard of. Um, but Factors came into it that no one could control the pandemic, whatever government, all that kind of stuff. It's just so overwhelming and it's all the paperwork and it's long. Even once you do the paperwork, it's like you're still waiting like eight, nine, sometimes 12 months 
to get the approvals of all of, you know, visas and green cards and all that. I don't think people understand it properly. Like, obviously, um, I'm so glad we're talking about this with you because you get it. People are just like, oh, what do you want to do now? And it's like, well, nothing because I can't legally work here in this country. And people think that it's like, you know, you apply for a green card and, and it comes in the mail and, and a balloon and they go, here you go, here's your green card. I mean, this stuff, this shit takes years and we have been through the ringer with this, with getting certain things denied and having to switch the process over because of the pandemic and it just keeps backing on and, and it's year after year after year and it's like we're almost there but almost there could still be a year away. That's the thing. We just don't know. Um, and people will be like, oh, it'll work itself out or surely your, you know, former employer can help and stuff like that. And it's like, no, we're in this together. Like it's, it's just us doing it by ourselves now. So it's been, that's been stressful too. And that was like another added stress on getting released because we didn't know what would happen. We were like, do we have to leave the country? Do I have to sell my house? Like we had no idea how it, how it works. Thankfully, we can stay here. Um, but, yeah, it's just like that added stress. Like it's just a, it's a lot. But thankfully, it, it, we hope it's going to work itself out um, in the next six to 12 months. It's just like a black cloud that hangs over your head that you're like, oh, forget it about it. It'll work out. It'll work out. And then it'll pop in your head again. You're like, oh, my God, you break into a sweat of like, please just let somebody push us through. It's just such a pain in the ass dealing with that stuff. And like you said, it's like we're, you know, dealing with the pandemic that slowed everything down. I think all of the stuff of, you know, government switching over and getting a new president and all of those other things have been other factors that have weighed into all this stuff taking forever. It can be a real kick in the lady dick. It sucks because I did my citizenship, but I did it through marriage where you married a Canadian, you married an Australian. Um, cause otherwise after a green card, you have to wait five years through marriage. It's three, but, um, yeah, it's, I, I feel for you guys on that stuff. Cause it, it absolutely does suck to deal with that. And there's nothing you can do to fast track it. You just have to kind of sit back on your heels and wait for stuff to kind of work out how it's going to work out. Um, are there things that out of the way, if that was not an equation of things that you do want to kind of start doing now? both of us are in the same boat. We want to like get into acting and it's like, well, we'd love to go on auditions and, and whatever. We can't do that right now. So what we're doing is we're taking a bunch of different classes that would help that process. But that's, I think that's the immediate thing that we would, I know I, and I know Jess as well. That's like, we want to do that. I remember kind of going through that a little bit when I was like younger and I first moved out to California and I was like, I knew nothing about visas or green cards or anything like that. I was like, Oh, I don't know. I can still audition and I can like still work with an agent and still actively pursue these things. Cause I would always see other Canadian actresses and actors and whatnot. I'm like, well, how did they do it? How did they possibly go down and do a pilot season? And it can be a little bit confusing where I will say the good thing with WWE is because there are so many international people that work there, they're used to dealing with all the visa stuff. So yeah, it's just kind of like jumping through those hoops of different like networks that understand that. And it's not even that it's a big deal. I mean, financially it is what it is. It's, you know, a couple grand or whatever, but it's just like, just please sign this paper. I'm not going to commit a crime. Just let me work and audition. But it just sucks to like, yeah, feel like you're wasting time. Like that's how, like when I feel like I'm not doing something, I'm wasting time. That is like the bane of my existence. Yeah. You want to feel fulfilled by moving forward in some capacity, even if it's small. 
The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA InPlay. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA InPlay turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA InPlay, so the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA InPlay is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA InPlay today. Off Her Chops. Let's talk about Off Her Chops. How did this idea come together? What does Off Her Chops even mean? What is this? You little pork chops. I can't do an Australian accent. I was listening to it yesterday. <laughs> oh, so it, it actually means like there's a couple of ways it can be interpreted. What is interpreted? Renee, help me out. What's the definition of that? To like how something is like, um, I, I mean, how do you describe something to be interpreted? Wait, no, I know what it means, but how did you say it? I said interpreted. Is that weird? Mate, I'm, ta- I'm taking American dialect <laughs> lessons too. I'm, I'm going to go in and out of my accent, okay? Have you actually been doing that? <laughs> I have been, yeah. We've both been I doing I had it. to do that. How's it been going for you? The first lesson I was like, oh, I'm just, <laughs> my accent's thick and I'm like, shit. You just got to do the homework and it's repetition. And I'm like five weeks in or four weeks in. Um, and I record myself doing a scene and I'm like, oh my gosh, I sound American. It's very exciting. Give me like an example of your American accent. I want to hear it say something like not interpreted, a different word. <laughs> it's interpreted, BT dubs. Wow, what can I say? I'll do one of my scenes. And I haven't warmed up, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. I'm putting you on the spot, but I feel like you can do it. I want you to have the image of an ice queen. Do you think you could do that for me? That was really good. That from your hitch script? That's from hitch, yeah. We have the same coach too, everything. When you think of speaking in like an American accent, who do you think of when you're doing it? I don't have anyone, to be honest. That's a really good question. Maybe I should. I always think if I was trying to do an accent, like I've, I was doing on an Australian accent, I would just pretend to be one of you guys. Like I don't think, or like, I don't know. Margot Robbie, maybe. Oh, yeah. But she's got a great American accent. You'd never know. And I know she's Australian, but she I feel like she's got a good American accent as well. Rose Byrne. Oh, she's got a great one. You, you completely forget that she's Australian. I had the first movie I saw her in was Bridesmaids. I had no idea she was Australian. Yes. I was like, whoa, OK, go you. I love that. I get so pumped when I look that up. I'm like, this person's Canadian. Of course, that's why I like that. <laughs> yes. Duh. That's so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. When I first signed to WWE um, before I had done anything, they're like, you have to go take dialect classes. You're Canadian. I don't even think that they knew how I sounded. I think they're just like, she's from Canada. Make sure she doesn't say a boot and hoose or whatever. Um, Okay, so acting classes are happening. Oh, wait, we were talking about off her chops. How did we deviate into doing American accents? Oh, that's right. Interpretation. Um, So off her chops, (laughs) it's usually something like if I said, oh, you're off off her chops. Usually it's they're drunk or they're acting a bit crazy. They're having a great time. It it can be kind of used in a couple of ways. But overall, it's just um, fun. 
Uh, having a good time. Yeah. We, we said it uh, in one of our, I think it was like one of our Instagram stories and one of our friends was like, that's amazing, off her chops. I've never heard of that. And then we're like, hmm, off her chops. And then um, we were like thinking about branding, very big on branding right now. Um, and Cass was like, we can call our audience pork chops. And I was like, love it. Well, my mum used to call me a pork chop when I was a kid. If I was like carrying on silly, she'd be like, oh, you're carrying on like a pork chop. <laughs> I love little like charming uh, phrases like that that come from different countries. I love that so much. Little pork chop. Okay, so you guys are doing the podcast. What is um, sort of like the the mission statement of Off Her Chops? What are what are we? What is the goal? It's a variety show, I would say. It's not like a niche. I feel like our niche is just our relationship and the way we bounce off of each other. People have enjoyed that through our Instagram stories or whatever. So. We thought let's just like not even plan too much. Let's just like talk and go back and forth like we always do. But yeah, I would say it's just like a, we want to keep it fun and lighthearted and upbeat, but also not be too like afraid to explore those more serious topics. Um, so like in time, we'll we'll get to the, that stuff. But to bring in the audience, we want it to just be like fun and lighthearted, and for people to get to know us and our relationship. The podcast world can be very fun because it's just like it's so it's long form. You can do whatever you want. And just sort of like feel that space out. And then, yeah, like you said, like adjust as you go. If you want to have some serious conversations, if you want to bring on different guests, like however you guys want to do that. I feel like that's like such a great space for you guys to be in. It's very interesting to me. Your guys' story in general is interesting to me that you went to the same high school, were a couple years apart, but did not like each other because you were the two wrestling fans. But it's just funny that we hated each other, but we had never spoken. <laughs> like who does? Like it's so like high school, like teenagers. Who who initiated like the first conversation? Like who broke that barrier to be like, hey, maybe we should just be the best friends in the whole world? I feel like it's just when I started training because I went to the same training academy that Jess was already at. And when I got there, it was kind of like this thing where it's like, okay, we know each other. We're, we're just going to be friends now. Like we don't need this beef. I mean, it is so like crazy though to think of like you guys had your tryouts together, you guys got signed together, you've moved to America together, you've done all of these amazing things together, and now we just get to keep pursuing things together. You guys are going to remain a package deal, right? We are. Hell yes. I've always been like very envious of people that do have like that duo. It just, it seems so nice to be able to rely on another person and someone that you like trust as a performer, you trust them as a person that must just give you that much more confidence when you go out to do something that like you've got each other there. Even like on live events or something, if I would like forget my line, I would just like look at Jess and like, what is my line? And she would like, no, oh, it's this, this and this. And thank gosh you're there. If that happened on TV, I would be, <laughs> I would be scared. You know, our relationship is so special. So it's like, we just want to keep like, pursuing everything together and works it's gonna be so much fun that's what's exciting about the future for us it's very exciting as much as it can be overwhelming and I know that like for me I flip-flop between the two of like being super excited to then being like oh shit I have to completely rely on myself to get this stuff done now but there's both the great with that and the like scary trepidatious part of that that kind of all come together um, but it is very exciting and as the world it's a good time for you guys as well because the world is opening back up and stuff is shooting again and people are up and working and that's a great spot to be in, especially while we're looking for visas and green cards and people that can support us. Thank God. Um, 
Cass, why are you not doing TikTok dances anymore? So I was thinking about this today in the gym because I just like jam out. I make up my own dances. And I thought about that. First of all, when I go on TikTok, I go down this rabbit hole, which I'm sure every TikTok user does. But I, my whole TikTok for you is just like sad stories at the moment. And I'm not seeing those dances that I could do. At the same time, it is so much effort to learn a dance, put on an outfit, maybe chuck on some makeup um, and then do it. And I'm a perfectionist, so if it's not 100%, I'll do it over and over and over again. I remember during the pandemic, I recorded like three dances in a day and it took me like four hours. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Content, baby. I need the content, but I don't have that much time anymore. Um, but I just need those simple ones, those simple fun ones, like this one. This was a good oh, one. Oh, yeah, I, I could do that one. That one I can handle. Yeah, but learning a whole choreography, man, that took you're like an exceptional dancer. I did not know this about you. Uh, the first time I clicked on one, I was like, excuse me, what is happening here? Well, thank you. I, so yeah, I danced since I was three years old, but I haven't taken a class in like 11 years. So when I watch those clips back on my TikTok, I'm like doing these ones, but I was getting like positive feedback. It's like, oh, I'll just keep doing it. That's fun anyway. Work up a sweat. Um, but thank you. I really miss dancing a lot. Yeah. I can, And you posted a photo at one point of you, like in your ballet shoes doing something. And I was like, oh, and that's when it all connected for me. I was like, of course. Duh. How was it making the transition from being a dancer into being a wrestler? Surprisingly easy because I understood my body. I knew how my body moved. I understood footwork. I understood rhythm and timing. Um, where my body is in a space um, with other people around me and, and everything. I really um, am so thankful for my dancing years because it really did help me transition into wrestling. When I first started wrestling, when I like would watch my stuff back, I'd be like, oh, I look too graceful. I look like a dancer. So my biggest thing when I first started was like, I want to look like an athlete. And now I feel like I'm too much of an athlete and I've lost all my grace. <laughs> it's hard to strike that balance. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm so grateful for how that all happened. Jess, you were a basketball player? Since I was five, I was I played basketball. My whole family was a basketball family. Um, and I played like ABA back in Sydney, kind of equivalent to like D-League over here. I had to eventually make the decision between wrestling and, and uh, basketball. I definitely chose wrestling. Um, but, yeah, I played up until the year before I moved over and then I just – I haven't played since and I miss it so much. I have a basketball in my like random little closet and I got it out the other day and it's like deflated. And I was like, oh, that's sad. You should like join like a women's league. I've been Googling the shit out of, you know, women's basketball leagues near me, um, YMCA basketball leagues, and I cannot find anything. I, I don't think they're like fully opened back up yet. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. So here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for over under, and it's available in all 50 states. So you can play from anywhere. 
All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash over under and sign up now. If you've not done so already, please just do it. You're going to love it. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then you put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at fanduel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to 5,000 bucks. Do it. Age and location restrictions apply. See fanduel.com for terms and conditions. So back into the wrestling world, who do you guys want to work with? Who are some people that you see that you would love to get in the ring with or other people's work that you've been kind of admiring from all of the many promotions that are currently flourishing? Two women that immediately come to my head are Tainara and Anna Jay um, over at AEW. I, I think they are so cute together and I see a little bit of us in them. So I would love to just like work with them um, and kind of teach them how to be maybe iconic. I don't know. How, did you ever work with um, Tainara in NXT? Briefly. I think we went up to the main roster maybe a year or so after she started, but I don't think our classes at the PC overlapped. I think we were with Terry in like the finishing class when she was um, just starting. So it was only briefly. I don't even know if we had any matches with her. Do you remember Jess? No, I don't think we ever wrestled her to be honest, but man, she picked it up so easy. Like she, she's, when you think of athlete, you think of her, like she's legit. She actually kicked my ass. What a tight little bot on that thing oh, too. Dude, I see all her photo shoots and I'm like, oof, maybe I should go for a run. Oh, I know. I saw one the other day and I was like, all right, I'm like a thousand months pregnant. I think I should block you for at least a couple months. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you're blocked. Get out of here with that little bod. But she's she's really great. And same with Anna Jay. Anna Jay is someone that just has you can tell she just has like that X factor. She's she's going to be a star 100 percent. And they're so young. And they've just, they've been doing such a good job watching them wrestle together. I mean, with Anna being out with an injury, hopefully it won't be too long until she's back in the ring. But yeah, I think those two would be great. Um, Anyone else that you guys are looking at? The Knockouts tag team division is like, it's so good to just see it becoming this big thing. So, I mean, anyone, I just, we miss tag team wrestling. We haven't been a tag team in six, seven, eight months now or something like that. We just want to, do that we just want to get in there with people who can go you know how was it for you guys when you transitioned from nxt to the main roster how different is that it's night and day no, like it's just so different it's a completely different audience it's a completely different creative team it's a completely different produce like everything is different nothing kind of like overlaps but like nxt was so much fun we really got to like explore who we wanted to be and then like i mean our debut was like we couldn't have dreamed of anything better than that you know the Smackdown after Wrestlemania and we come out and lay out Charlotte like it was it was so cool and when we like loved that and you know fortunately um we were given a microphone every time we came to the ring which not many people get that chance to do so it was really cool to like be able to show our personalities like right off the bat and like who we really are which was really fun but yeah it, it, is, it is different it's just a different product it's a different brand it's a different audience it's just it's just different was there ever like confusing times? I mean, you always kind of hear of that, like that transition period of like, you know who your character is, you know what you're bringing to the table when you're at NXT. And then all of a sudden you're on Raw, you're on SmackDown and they're like, everyone pump the brakes. That's not what you do here. Did that ever happen for you guys? So in NXT, we were kind of like, we were still uh, like bitches, I guess. But I feel like we were just sh- stronger, maybe. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think stronger is a good word. 
looks more like threats, I think, in NXT. And then we transitioned to the main roster and Vince thought we were so funny on the microphone that first week. So it became more about us being funny and less threats. Um, and for me, that was a little bit, I was like, I, I, just, I just needed time to like really understand and just know, okay, we're, we're not threats anymore. We're, we're, we're these fun over the top personalities, which I loved, but I did miss being perceived as someone who could win a match or win the championships or something like that. But then like last year when we came back up, uh, after the pandemic, I absolutely loved from the time we came back from the pandemic up until they split us up. That was my favorite Iconics era because I feel like it was a really good mesh of both of those things. We were still able to be ourselves on the microphones, but when we got in the ring, it was time for business. And your guys' WrestleMania moment. Let's not forget that you've had a pretty amazing WrestleMania moment. Like what a great thing to be able to kind of like hang your hat on. And I remember getting to call your guys match at WrestleMania and me and Paige were doing it with Michael Cole and Jess, you crawled over. Cause no, you, I did. Yeah. you did. Cause it was, it was a Raymond or it was a, um, it was Eddie Guerrero gear that you, I couldn't remember if it was that or it was just trying to get in her rock gear. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? You forgot to give us like a note on your gear. What happened? I totally forgot. And then for some reason during the match, I got knocked off the apron and I don't know why I was like, Oh my God, I didn't tell them. Let me go over quickly. Cause I knew I was going to be on the mat for like five minutes. I was like, I've got time. Let me, I literally had to crawl all the way to the other side of the ring. And then it was so loud. I couldn't get anyone's attention. And I think I'm trying to yell. Was it, it was you or Paige? I was yelling. Yeah, yelled at Paige. My gear. It's Eddie Guerrero inspired. She's like, what? <laughs> we were going back and forth. And I don't think she ever, understood what I was saying but then she just said it later on during the match and so I was so thankful that she like she put two and two together because I forgot that important note for myself (laughs) no because I so remember that of and I because I remember Paige telling me after she's like yeah like Peyton came crawling over to me and said something about Eddie Guerrero and I was like trying to put together what was happening here um what was what was that Wrestlemania experience like for you guys that was my favorite moment like everything that we had worked for for like 15 years and like all the sacrifices we've made and just everything came down to that one match and like we were able just to you know walk down the ramp together holding hands with like what was it like 90,000 people um all of our family and friends watching back home and I didn't tell anyone what kind of was happening in the match um and it's funny because my husband he gave us the idea. He's like, why don't you guys do your iconics before your music hits? And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So we, we pitched it and then we're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's record it. And I didn't tell him. So when our entrance came, he was like in the like first couple of rows and with Ronnie actually. And uh, when our entrance happened, we went iconics. And then the music hit and he was like, oh. and then we come out and I didn't tell him that we were winning and, it, it was just like, it was such a cool uh, experience. And I, you know, I have like a big frame of like that, that night with pictures and stuff. And it, it's definitely um, such a special memory for us. Yeah. What a, what a great moment. It was so fun to like be there and like witness that all go down, especially just having like the women's tag titles and like making that all, you know, get a little steam behind it, start to make those feel important. So cool. Um, Jess, you are usually pretty private about your husband. I made the decision to like just mention to the world that I was married um, in the first episode of Off Her Chops. 
so I, I just felt like it was time because I am extremely private friends, family. Um, I'm very like just overprotective. I'm kind of controlling. Um, and I just, I just don't like putting my personal life out there. Um, but we discussed it and I was like, you know, I'd love to just even just say I'm married and I call him Snuggy, So he's still kind of like hidden. Um, he's just kind of like this, I don't know, he could be made up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's, it's nice to finally like talk about him because he's such an important part of my life. He's been there for every single up, down, sideways, diagonal you can imagine. He's, he moved over here with me. Like it's just, it's been like our marriage is the most important thing to me. So it's, it's kind of really cool that I can just, just like share a little bit of that. And I don't know why, like I was just so like, when I was with WWE, I felt like I couldn't do that. Like I was just like, oh, no, 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 can't, can't do that. I don't want to share any part of my life. It's just like I don't know why I felt that way. So when the release happened, I was like, okay, maybe I could just kind of like open up a little bit to the world, just a little bit and just see what happens. Um, but it's, it's been really cool, yeah. He loves it too. It can be a little bit scary like that. Like I get that because there's times that like, you know, I've had the comments off of my Instagram for years because I would like open my Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, because like John's fans are something sometimes. And uh, yeah, it can just, it can be really overwhelming on like how people react to stuff. I mean, most of the time it's all positive and it's great, but for the people that it's not, you're like, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? This is crazy. Cass, how has it been for you? And did you, uh, did you have like any weird times once Ronnie left WWE? No, I had no weird times. Um, I was just sad when he left because like when Jess and I came up to the main roster, the three of us traveled together. So when he left, it was sad for me, but at least I still had Jess until they split us up. But I was kind of the same. Ronnie and I have been together for going on six years now, um, and we didn't, like, post anything on social media or anything until actually the day he asked for his release. It was his birthday. So I was like, I'm going to do a birthday post. I just want to, and I, and I don't want to, like, put our whole lives out there. I just, I just want to be openly supportive of my husband. So, yeah, but not, nothing weird once he left. I don't post about John that often. I will, but and it's so funny. He's like, why did you post that picture? I'll be like, let's take a picture. He's like, no, you're going to put it online. I'm like, I'm not. And then I'll like have a glass of wine and be like, you're right. I'm going to put it online. You look so cute. It drives him crazy. But I know it, it can be, it's such a weird thing of like striking that balance. But also like your fan base wants to know that little bit more about you. And it's like, what is, yeah, what is that fine line that's not going to be too much and not being two out there. So he asked for his release in February and then WrestleMania was two months later. I was so thankful that they let him backstage at WrestleMania. And they, they also like when our match happened, they escorted him right to the front. So I actually found a picture recently. Someone took um, from like the back side of the ring of us doing our entrance. And then I can see him further in the audience watching us with this smile on his face. And it's one of my favorite photos just like the fact that they kind of like let him be there and he was just there for us. It is cool how like, you know, it's, it can be so headline dirt sheet things of like all that kind of like bullshit. But even seeing like that Miro was at WrestleMania when CJ, when, when Lana was wrestling and like, no one's making a big deal about it. I mean, even when John left, I mean, there was times that Hunter had pulled me aside because John was injured when he came back from new Japan and uh, Hunter kept checking in to make sure that John was okay if he needed anything like that, that they would have been able to like help him in any kind of capacity. So it was nice to know that that olive branch was still extended and it wasn't like, 
it wasn't that like heat seeking thing that everybody thinks that it is. That it's like we've all spent so much time together and nothing bad went down. It's just like a I never get that. Like I you scroll on Twitter and it's kind of like it's just all clickbait shit. And it's like if someone reads it, they're gonna read the article. You look like an idiot by saying something that's not even in an article. I don't I just don't understand that stuff at all. It just irks me gears a bit. It when I especially like when I first left WWE, because when you first leave everyone wants to get the interview and everyone wants this like shoot style interview from you. And I would do interviews and I would always be like, yeah, I mean, everything's fine. It just, it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. And it's cool. I have no ill will, nothing like that. You know, you say you go maybe a little too far on one thing. And all of a sudden it's like the headline that I started getting like almost anxious. I'm like, I don't really like doing these interviews anymore. Cause I feel like it's just, it yeah becomes those headlines and it makes it just, I always feel so weird about that. I don't like that. Well, it's like, they almost put words in your mouth. They just like misconstrue it. You say for a headline or they exaggerate it in the article or something. It's like, that's the same. We actually did our first um, interview yesterday on Busted Open um, with Bully and Dave. That was the first one we've done. And it's like, we didn't want to like just go straight for the killing into all these interviews. Like we wanted to like grieve at first and, and have our thoughts together before we start like doing interviews. Yeah, I remember um, because right when I left, like I said, I was in Jacksonville and Jericho was like, come on and do my show. Come on and do my show. And I was like, I'm going to do your show. I'm going to do it. And then the more I kept thinking about it, I was like, I just wasn't ready at that time to have those conversations because emotions can be a little bit all over the place. And you're like, I might say something that I don't necessarily mean or I'm feeling it just in this moment. And then it becomes this like negative thing that I I had to pump the brakes on that, too, just because I was worried. So sorry, Jericho, I never did your show. We'll do it again later. We'll do it again. I at least know what I want to say now. So it's good, but it can be like super overwhelming when, yeah, everyone wants to get that. Like you want to get the views, you want to get the listens, you want everyone to like talk some shit. They really do expect it to be like so juicy and revealing. And it's like one thing that Cass and I have always been extremely like proud about is that, you know, we stay out of drama. We, we don't, we don't, attract ourselves to that that's not who we are we we like to work hard live a simple life be surrounded by people that love us and support us we're not about that crap um um, so you know people are looking for that from us they're they're just not going to get it um we're we're happy and grateful for our time with wwe we're sad that it ended and we're we're just going to move on with our lives and you know i always think it's kind of like you know it can be like somewhat bad business to talk a little bit of shit because you never know what the future holds. You never know whose path you're going to cross again. And I would never give them the satisfaction of knowing how I actually. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on and being able to hang out with me a little bit here on oral sessions. Make sure everybody check out off her chops, <laughs> your little pork chops. And you guys are going to come back on. You're going to guest host an episode while I am learning how to breastfeed a baby. <laughs> yes. We'll help you out, mate. Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's been a lot of fun. Good luck with everything. You guys are going to absolutely crush it. You know, when the time comes up and you get all this like bullshit out of the way, I have no doubt that whatever the next project is you guys do, you're going to absolutely kill. So I'm excited for you. Thank you. And a big-
big thank you to Jesse and Cassie for joining me in this episode of Oral Sessions. I cannot wait to hear their episode coming out a little bit later this week as they take over Oral Sessions. They are going to be the guest hosts. The ball is in their court. I've given them the keys to the castle. I can't wait to see what they do. A little off her chops. I need to work on my Australian accent as much as Jesse's working on her American accent. I could certainly be doing better in my Australian accent situation. I feel like anytime I do an Australian accent, it just starts to sound British. I'm not good at it. It's not what I do. Not what I do. Um, all right, guys, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Renee Paquette. Follow the volume sports on Instagram and Twitter. Follow all things Jesse and Cassie and enjoy their episode coming out a little bit later. 